Today's lesson, uh, we're going to talk about uh, doctrine. I, I think I talked about that last week that we're going to talk about doctrine. And I know I said before that, you know, doctrine itself is mentioned in the Bible 50 times, right? And then yeah, 44 times in the New Testament. But doctrine, all it means is teaching, instruction, right? So um, when we see doctrine, we can replace it with teaching, right? So now when we think about that, and we add teaching uh, or the word teach in the Bible. Between all three of those words, it's mentioned 200 times, right? From really from Exodus all the way to Revelation. So it's important. Paul warns us of it, and then he mentions sound doctrine. So what does the word sound mean? Sound in the Greek actually means healthy, true, right? So what he means is when he puts sound doctrine together, he means true teaching, right? Because it's important, and Jesus talks about it, and let's turn to uh, John chapter 7. So sound doctrine is really just the teachings of the good and right way to serve the Lord. The good and right way to serve the Lord. So when I mention doctrine, like I said, teaching, there are multiple doctrines out there, but there's only one true doctrine. Amen. Right, so... We're going to go over some examples here in the Bible where Jesus um, talks about different doctrines. And we're going to talk about that because uh, we're just going to read over it just so we can understand that there are different doctrines in the Bible. But there's only one true doctrine. And that's the only doctrine. And I think I mentioned a while back, and I forgot which message it was, um, how there's been different movements, you know, um, whether it's the Reformation, Holiness Movement, char uh, Charismatic. There shouldn't have been all those movements. It really should have just been one, right? And that's going back to the early church in Jesus. That's the only that's the only movement that it should be. And even now, even when I talked about when I mentioned the New Apostolic Reformation, right? All that shouldn't be, right? There's nothing but one, and that's really Jesus, the Word. Amen. Amen. So, John chapter seven verse sixteen says this: Jesus answered them and said, "My doctrine is not mine." But his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. So in order to do the will of the Father, we have to understand doctrine. And Jesus said here, remember, Jesus never came and glorified himself. Right? The Father glorified Jesus. But Jesus always gave glory to the Father. And he says here that his doctrine is not his, but it's the Father's. And the Father gave it to him, and that's whose doctrine he's following. And he was rejected by the religious leaders. So let's turn to, uh, let's go to Matthew 16. I got a lot of scriptures here at the beginning, so. So, just to give you a little background, we're going to start at uh, verse... But the religious leaders here, the Pharisees, Pharisees, were coming to Jesus and they were asking for a sign, right? And it's interesting that they were asking for a sign from Jesus where they never did anything. <laughs> and the fact that we have to understand that up until this point, Jesus fed the 4,000. He fed the 5,000. He done cast demons out of people. He healed people who were sick, who were lame. He walked on water. And here they are, they're asking for a sign, Right? And because they're really testing, they're trying to test Jesus, but Jesus was aware, and, and, and Jesus played it cool. So let's go to verse 5 here. 
He says this in verse 5. Matthew 16, verse 5. Now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? Because you have brought no bread. Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? nor the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many large baskets you took up. How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? So we're going to find out what the leaven is right here. Verse 12. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Right? Let's go to Mark chapter 8. And this is actually the same story, but he adds. So when we see leaven here, again, it's talking about doctrine, teaching. We'll begin. All right, we'll begin at verse 14. Mark 8, verse 14. Now, this, uh, now the disciples have forgotten to take bread. And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leavens of Herod. So again, so we got Pharisees, Sadducees, and now we got Herod. Let's go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation 2, 12, and I think I read this one uh, before. Uh, but it's good to keep hearing the same thing over and over. Um, I haven't watched them in a while, but uh, for those that don't, who have watched Genogenics, so my wife just got a hold of him this week because she's been in the room laughing and everything, and I'm trying to figure out what is she laughing at. <laughs> and uh, come to find out that's when she's watching. So <laughs> But anyway, he always talks about, people always ask him, why are you always talking about the same thing on holiness all the time? Because he said, basically, you know, you've been indoctrinated with wrong teaching for all this time, so i got to keep saying these things over and over as a reminder so you get in your spirits. Because I know I done said things that sometimes y'all hear it here, but then y'all go back to your old ways of doing things, right? Old ways of how you've been taught on some things, right? So, example of when I said, uh, when I talked about the, uh, the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy, right? For years, we've been taught that that is the devil, but that's not the devil, that is false teachers, right? But I know sometimes when we leave here, we still revert back to that's the devil because that's what we heard all the time, right? So, sometimes I got to replay things over and over so it gets ingrained in our heads and we understand these things. Amen? Amen. Alright, so Revelation chapter 2. So, we got uh, church in Pergamos here. Alright, and to the angel of the church in Pergamos, right? These things says, he who has a sharp two-edged sword. So we know what the sharp two-edged sword is, right? The word of God, right? Ephesians tells us that's the word of God. Alright, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name, and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. So understand right here. So he's pleased with them, right? They did not deny Christ, right? Even when someone was martyred, they stayed true and they did not deny Christ, right? So we think 
on the surface that Jesus will be pleased with that, right? But what happens? Verse 14, but I have a few things against you. So, all right, they, he speaks positive. Now he says, I have a few things against you. Alright, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Baal. So remember, so now we have what? The doctrine of Pharisees, Sadducees, Herod, and now the doctrine of Baal. Right? Who taught Baal to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to, think, to eat things, sacrifice to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. I talked about them before. Which thing I hate. So what does he say in verse 16? To repent. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except he who receives it. So understand, sometimes we, we, we may ask, well, is it okay to, well, I know we talked about this before, but I want to reiterate it again. Is it okay to listen to somebody who's teaching wrong just because they may say something right? Jesus here is talking to the church of Pergamos. Why? Because they compromised. They compromised even though they were living in faith. They compromised by allowing false doctrine to come into the church. And not only allowing it to come into the church, but they listened to it. Right? So we cannot do that because what we're going to get to the points here in a minute. But... We cannot do that because that will affect us, right? And remember, there's not but one true doctrine, and that is the sound doctrine, the Word of God, right? So it's easy for us to say, because if I ask most people, well, what is doctrine? We would say probably the Bible, right? We would say the Bible, right? But we've seen, even when I did the false teaching, people manipulate what's in the Bible, right? Look no further than those who preach prosperity, right? Pretty much every scripture they come across, they're always related to prosperity, which is not prosperity at all. So we have to understand that we have to stay true to the Word of God and how it is written. Because sometimes what we've done is we take one, two, three, four, five verses and we've created a doctrine out of those verses. And not realizing that the Bible was written as a letter. Right? There, nobody, none, none of them, right? So we got, what, 66 books written by over, uh, over 40 authors, and none of them started out to thinking they were going to write the Bible, that it was going to be the Bible, right? They didn't start, you know, uh, Jeremiah wrote because God told him to write and then put it somewhere, right? Uh, the New Testament writers were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So when Paul wrote Romans, and we see all that in Romans, he wasn't, he didn't have chapter and verse in it, but he wrote it. So what we do sometimes is we take a few verses and then we try to make a doctrine out of it when that's not the case. So it's just like you're getting a letter from someone, you want to read the whole letter, right? So you got to read the whole letter to get the true understanding of the letter, right? But what we've done is, because we've been accustomed to it, just pick out some few verses and then we apply it to our lives, apply what's going on, and, you know, and we, we've probably all been guilty of this, where you probably heard somebody say, you know, put God in remembrance of his word. Right? Take the scriptures, put them in remembrance of the word, because he's gonna hold it. You know, God is gonna come to work. No, well, we don't demand we don't demand God for anything. Right? That no, who are we to go to God and say, God, you said in your word, you you you're gonna do this. No, we're not to do that. Right? Or we can do things like this. I, I'm pretty sure 
we probably all done it, or we at least heard somebody done it. And I'll admit, I'm guilty. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this. Why? Why is this? Really? That's like a form of judging God because we're not trusting Him. We want to know the reason why He allowed this to happen. The reason why, no, we wouldn't dare go before a king to do that. Right? So why, if we wouldn't go before a man to do something like that, why would we think we would go before God to question Him on why He allowed something to happen? That's not our place to do that. Alright, let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 12. I gotta get an Old Testament scripture in there. Alright, we'll start at the 23rd verse. So I'll just give you a background here. Uh, this is where you know, Israel asked for a king, right? Here they had the soul, uh, God that was supposed to be, it was supposed to be uh, a theocratic rule where basically God was ruling them and in charge, and they decided to look at the other nations around them and decide to ask for a king, which we know that, you know, the king that God gave them was Saul, right? So Samuel was going down the line here from the, uh, we're not going to go through the whole chapter, but Samuel was going down the line here and, and letting them know how they rejected God. Because God spoke to Samuel and said, look, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. So Samuel was going down the line and telling them how they rejected God. And they end up repenting, and this is what uh, Samuel says to them in verse 23. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. So understand this, we know that Samuel was a judge and he was a prophet. But, but this scripture here shows that he was also a shepherd to Israel. Because the fact that they rebelled against God, but guess what? He still did like Moses. He still interceded and prayed for him. Right? That is a shepherd's heart. Right? Because sometimes a shepherd will see things and see people, but they will intercede for him even through the midst of their wrong. Right? Because that is, hum that, that is being in humility. That's why God said even when Moses walked on earth, that he was the most humble man on earth. Because all that Israel did to him, he still prayed for him. He still interceded for him. Alright, so let's keep going. But I will teach you the good and the right way. So, teach. Again, that's still same thing as doctrine. I will teach you the good and the right way. So, that is why we are to have good doctrine. So, we can learn the right way of doing things. Alright, verse 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Let's go to Matthew 15. So when we get into different doctrines and we get into traditions, what we try to do sometimes, and I say we, I'm talking about men in general, we try to create our own things and our own rules and our own regulations, right? Such as, you know, uh, women can't wear pants in church and things like that. And that has nothing to do with anybody's salvation or anything like that, but we, we see all these types of things and they take it serious. These are all traditions of men. Alright, so, but we are warned of these things. 
because this is really what the Pharisees and Sadducees was doing. So Mark, uh, yeah, Matthew, sorry. Matthew 15, I'll begin at verse 7. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, now understand he's speaking to uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees and them. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So, again, they're teaching doctrines as it is fact, as it's coming from God, and it's really just man's traditions, and it's coming from man. Verse uh, 10. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall in a ditch. So uprooted meaning that what they're teaching will not last. Because it's not the word. It's not the truth. So it's not going to last. Right? But we have to understand and we have to know sound doctrine for ourselves. Right? So again, like I always say, don't take what Rasan say. You read the Bible for yourselves, right? Read, read the Bible for yourselves because that's the only way we're going to learn and grow and stay true. All right. So let's get to some points here. Reasons why sound doctrine is important. All right. Number one, the main reason sound doctrine is important is that God directed us to teach it, right? So Titus 2 and 1 says, teach what is proper for sound doctrine, right? So understand that Paul was an apostle, but Paul also says that he had the gift of prophecy. He knew what was going to happen as time went on. Because he told the church in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, he said, after my departure, people are going to come. People will raise up from among you teaching false things. Right? So we have to be on guard of those things. And we can't be on guard of those things if we don't know the word for ourselves. If we don't know what's true for ourselves. Alright? Uh, number two. There is power in doctrine. Romans 16, Romans 16, 17 says this, and 18. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So, in other words, we come into faith and salvation by putting our faith in God and His work. Right? So we have to be careful on not coming up with our own thing. So I'm going to challenge your theology right now. Okay? <laughs> so we get caught up into, and I thought this way you were going Wednesday, but you didn't quite go there. You almost went there. We get caught up in, in someone saying the prayer of salvation. Okay? That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. Right? But we say that all the time. Who wants to give their hearts to the Lord? Come on up and we say this prayer. That's not in the Bible. And don't tell me Romans 10, 9 and 10. Go back to what I said at the beginning about being a letter. All right? You go back. First of all, Paul is writing to Christians there. All right? He's writing to Christians to people who are already saved, who are being persecuted. And that is why he says what he says. Because their faith, if they confess with their faith, he was telling them, teaching them not to be afraid. So you go back and you read the verse 1, actually go back to read in the previous chapter of Romans 9, and you will see that, right? But we've been taught to use Romans 10, 9, and 10 
to, to use that as a prayer of salvation, the Bible says to repent. Right? Search it up for yourself. That's what we're to do. To repent. It don't say anything about somebody saying the prayer of salvation. Right? So, which explains on why we can, people can be out there witnessing the people and they get someone to say a prayer and then they go right back into their uh, old way of living because nobody really talked to them. They don't know what it is to repent. They just say the prayer and they say, well, now you say. Well, that's not how it works. Right? Because God knows our hearts. Right? So, you have to repent. So, I think I shared this with a couple of you before that when I got saved, I was saved before I went to church that night. In my house, in Connecticut, crying, bawling out, repenting, and all my burdens lifted up. And it was just me in the house. Right? But, traditions of man would say, well, the son never lived there. Now, I eventually, when, when I went to church that evening for evening service, I said it, but I said the prayer of salvation, but I didn't know no better. But I was already saved before I got there. Right? I know I was saved before I got there. Right? But we, we, we twist things because we get into the traditions of men. And, and then we're thinking that is the way to, to do things. But no, it's to, it, we, we ought to repent. The Bible says to repent and be baptized. Right? That's what the Bible says. Repent and be baptized. Not say a prayer of salvation. And I think it was Paul Washer that said, you know, he would never allow his child to go to a vacation Bible school to about 98% of the churches. Right? And the reason why he said that was, uh, he said, well, people will be in there, they'll have the kids there, and they say, everybody having a good time, they're teaching, they're playing little games. All right, well, who wants to give their life to the Lord? And then all these little kids raise their hands, me, me. And then they leave them in their prayer of salvation. And nobody explains anything to them. And guess what? They don't know what it is to be saved. Because all they just said is some words, right? And then you have people who say, well, I gave my heart to the Lord back when I was five years old. I said the prayer of salvation. But they never repented. And then they're still out there sinning. And they're thinking they're okay. It don't work like that. To repent means to turn, to change, right? It's not that we say the prayer of salvation. I'll say another one, right? There's another thing we like to say, especially in the black church. We like to say, save but not deliver. <laughs> Show me where that's at in the Bible. <laughs> that ain't in the Bible. And once again, we use Paul's teaching in Romans chapter 7. <laughs> right? We use Paul's teaching in Romans chapter 7. All oh, the things I struggle with, I shouldn't struggle with. But yet, we disregard all the other scriptures that say, put off the old man. Put on the new man. Without holiness, you won't see, no man will see the Lord. Right? But then we still talk, oh, this okay. You say, but you're just not delivered yet. God's not respecting prayer. I'm sorry, when I got saved, I was delivered. The things I did, I didn't do no more. Am I lying? No. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I was going to church more than she was. And literally, I counted the day, I was at least in church at least eight times a week. In different, different, different churches because I wanted it that much. Because, see, what we do is we say, well, you know what? God will work with them. God will work with them. No, guess what? We have a part to play. Right? So, if I would have done that, then I probably wouldn't be where I, where I am today. Right? It doesn't mean we're perfect, but I took the time to study. I took the time to learn. 
right? I took the time, even though I'm in churches, guess what? I'm still at home praying and reading the scriptures, right? And I'm feeling God's presence there. And just like I told you before, even when I was, you know, in the Navy, carrying my Bible around, anytime I had to sit and do something, I'm pulling it up, I'm reading, I'm studying myself because I'm getting filled with them, right? I, and I'll be honest, I didn't have nobody tell me that stuff. But I just did it. I just did it. Because that is how we grow, right? So, you know, we, we have certain things that we do. I'll be transparent. I, I had an issue with gossiping, right? I had an issue with gossiping. But guess what? As I study, and I started seeing about gossiping, then as soon as I started getting it, guess what? I started getting convicted. I started getting convicted, right? But it would have been easy for me to say, well, I'm saying that I'm not the lip. No, I, no, look, that, 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 that. And I still didn't do the teaching on the working of the flesh, right? <laughs> but I'm going to do that. But, you know, we have to stop making things up because what that does is that leads people into continuing their sin. Right? And, and their sin is not a bad choice. It's, it's sin. Right? Because it's their flesh. Right? It's our flesh. So now, when we repent, right, we now die to our sin. We die to ourselves. Right? But when we say save, not deliver, that means we still give a free reign to our flesh. Almost. Right? We may not do everything that we're doing, but, and I'm not just talking about somebody going out there getting drunk, adultery, fornication. I'm talking about the gossip, the envy. Remember, envy is what caused them to uh, crucify Jesus. What does Scripture say in Matthew? Uh, Pilate said he knew because of their envy that they turned Jesus in. And that's the working of the flesh. So we can't sit up there and say, Look, we have to die to our flesh. We have to crucify our flesh. This is why. I think we talked about it, mentioned a little bit on Wednesday. I think that this is why we fast. Right? Because sometimes our fast can get out. Not a fast. Our bodies can get out of line sometimes. Right? So we got to keep it in subjection. Right? We got to keep the stakes. Hand it down. Right? Because if not, then they start to raise up. Right? So same thing if somebody's doing something to us. If somebody does something to finish what I talked about Wednesday, that... Sometimes we got to get up our feelings and our own emotions and say, well, you know what? Maybe they might be going through something. Right? And not make it about us. Y'all still with me? That's right. Yes, amen. All right. <laughs> amen. <laughs> so, understand, true, true doctrine will keep us from our sin. All right? So, um, and, and understand this. A watered-down gospel message will produce watered-down Christians. Right? Actually, let me not say a lukewarm grace. It's a lukewarm gospel message is going to produce lukewarm Christians. What does Jesus say in Revelation three? Hot or cold? Right? Because now, guess what? If you cold, you you just rejected him. Okay? If you hot, then you accepted him. Now he he can use you, right? But if you lukewarm. And this is what we're doing today in many churches. We're producing lukewarm Christians, right? One foot in the world. One, it's okay, right? I understand. I, 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 I got. I understand you're still dealing with this problem. I understand, you know, that, that's okay. You just made a bad choice. It's okay, right? And then we still allow them to teach Bible study, right? We, 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 still, we know that they're in sin, 
But we still, and then when they get up there and teach Bible study, what do you think they're teaching? That it's, uh, they're from their sin. Oh, it's okay. Don't judge, right? Don't, don't judge me, right? We're not to judge anyone, all right? We always go to Matthew 7, and, and I get people tell me that all the time. Well, you better go to John chapter 7, right? <laughs> it's not, a, that's, right. that's not what he's talking about, right? The word judges, right? So that's why he gave us the word, because we either on his side or we're not. There's no gray areas with God. It's either black or white, right? There's no, there's no middle ground with him. Right, so that way he says, he clearly said, either hot or cold. I'd rather you be hot or cold, not in between. And if you're in between and you walk a lot, you send in mixed messages to people. Right? That's not true doctrine right there. Right? That, that, that's not the way he wants us to go. I'm not being too hard, am I? No. 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 Look, my wife used to tell me I'm so hard until she watched Gino Jenner. She said, yeah, you ain't got nothing. <laughs> 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 I know, I know. He, he one of a kind. <laughs> All right, so number three. Sound doctrine is important because what we believe has an impact on what we do. Right? So think about even the prosperity message, right? Uh, again, every scripture they're going for, they bring it back to prosperity, financial blessing, and things like that. And that's going to cause us to, to do what? To always sow, sow, sow. And then what do we do? We don't sow into other people. We, we sow into the man of God. Right? People flocking to these services and these conferences, and they're sowing in, into these same people. And guess what? They're taking your money. They're taking your money right for their 10, 32 million dollar houses, and that's where it's going. They probably have a jet. Yep, yep. But I dare you to all that money you give. I dare you to write them and if you in need, see if they answer. Mm -hmm. They not. <laughs> I can tell you they not. And, and people are listening to them, and and. and Soon as you all guess what, when they need help, they're going right to their local pastor. <laughs> <laughs> they're going right to their local pastor. And, and we make such dumb decisions sometimes, right? Because even, you know, I've been in churches where, you know, we've taken up offerings for somebody that was struggling, right? But they were struggling because of foolish things, decisions that they made, right? Mm -hmm. So I know somebody, we, we took up offerings for them, and but yet, they were getting their hair done, getting their nails done, getting a new iPhone, and then they come back and tell the pastor, I don't have money to pay my rent. Mm. I get you women need to get your hair done, but you might need to go natural. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's what they did hundreds of years ago. They didn't have all this processing and stuff, so <laughs> might need to go natural. <laughs>
And number six, another reason sound doctrine is important is that the gospel is a sacred, sacred trust. So remember, we don't, we're not to be editors of the Bible. Right, man. Editors being, we make it up to what we think <clears throat> and what our opinion should be. Right? right. So even though, you know, some of the things in here can be hard, right? But Jesus spoke to him. He, he, you know, he gave him the word, even to the point where disciples left, and he was left with the twelve. Right? Think about this. He fed five thousand, fed four thousand, and as soon as he started talking hard, guess what? They all left. Right? Because people were following him for food, for the miracles, and things like that. But they didn't truly want the truth. Right? It was too hard. When he said, hey, you know, you gotta you gotta die to yourself. You gotta put you gotta put me above your family, right? But we don't do that. Right? We get emotional with our family members, right? Our friends. Right? We say we, 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 we got to get them saved. We got to get them saved. Well, no, we don't because it ain't our job to get them saved. Right? It's our job to pray for them. It's our job to pray for them. But we get so off track and then we don't realize it. And see, that's how the enemy plays with us because he, play, he, he plays off of our emotions. Right? That just goes back again to music. Right? And, and it's funny. Y'all remember that lady I showed up here with the video with the shaking head? Alright. So she prophesied Bethel saying that you know, people were going to come to Bethel because of the music, right? And which is actually true, because most of these people listen to the music, right? And, and then they want to find out, well, we, we, you know, they Google them, then they find out that we're Bethel, right? And then they start listening to their teachings. It's like, oh, man, signs and wonders, right? And they don't have no verified Google miracles or anything like that. And people are following them. And I was listening to somebody this week, matter of fact, who actually... She left, well, she got kicked out of Bethel because of the fact that she started preaching the truth. Because she started listening to Paul Washer and then got a hold of the truth. And then, guess what? While she was in school there, she was she was preaching to them. And then even when they went out witnessing, she was uh, preaching the truth. And then she was saying she was saying that um, she said her classmates were saying, "What is this that you're preaching?" And she was actually preaching the Bible. She was preaching the Bible. And they're asking it. Well, you know why? Because they don't really read from the Bible. They read one or two verses, but they mostly teach from their opinions and their books. And, and, and it's not just them. It's a lot of churches, right? It's, it's a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders. You know, they teach from their opinions. But we got to teach from the Word. We have to stay on the Word because that is sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is not our opinions. It's not our ideas. It's not our concept. None, none of that stuff. Alright, number seven. Sound doctrine is also important because we must be able to distinguish the truth from falsehood. Right? So even when you're studying uh, counterfeit money, you got to know what the real money is. Right? So, it's like, now, like I, I think I told you all before, I can pick up right away when someone is off track. Pick it up on quick. And you, I don't entertain them, I just cut them off. Right, I, I just I, I just cut them off. I turn away from, them. and I'm telling you, when you go from before you get into sound doctrine, your music collection is like this big. But once you get into sound doctrine, it shrinks. Amen. It shrinks. Amen. 
because I'll be having a tough time trying to find music now. I got to delete a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm like, man. And then I'm like, I recognize that one. Yeah, delete, thumbs down. Right? So I get off my playlist. Right? Only because of who they associated with. And, and, it, and it's flooding the music. It, it, it's flooding. And, you know, Elevation, Bethel, Hillsong, they're all flooding the music market, the Christian market. Right? And they're flooding it because it's appealing to our emotions, our feelings. Oh, God loves me. Oh, how he loves me so. Right? That's catering to our feelings. That's right. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. <laughs> All right, number eight. All right, uh, sound doctrine. Keeps us doing the storms of life. Alright, so Amen. let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. Beginning at verse 24. And we'll probably close out with this. Yeah, we'll close out with this. Oh man, I didn't get to what I wanted to get to. We'll get to it next week. Alright. Praise God. <laughs> Alright, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. We'll go through 29. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Verse 28. And so it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. So understand that Matthew chapter 7, this is following the Sermon on the Mount. Right? There is a lot of good doctrine. In the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you study those out, that'll be enough right there to carry you a long way as a believer. And not to get caught up in this foolishness of what people teach. So notice this we have one that built on a rock and one that built on the other sand. They both heard the same message. They both heard the same message. But one, and they both listened, but one became a doer, the other one didn't. Right? The one that do it and understand that rock that he's talking about is the sound doctrine. Right? So the one that was standing on the sound, that was built on the rock of sound doctrine, was going to last through the life storms. Right? So storms. Storms. He said rain and flood. Right? Things that may come from heaven, things that may come from the earth. Heaven is the rain and the floods on the earth. Right? So storms are going to come in life. So this is why sound doctrine will keep you through the storms and the difficulties in life. Why? Because it is standing upon his word, knowing that God is faithful to those who love him, right? And understand, yes, we believe in miracles. Yes, we know God will move. Yes, but it's just like I talked about the other week, that whether he produces a miracle or not, we know that he is real. He is, he, he, we know to be absent from the body is to be with, present with the Lord, right? But the truth of the matter, let, let's face it, a lot of Christians are afraid to die. Right? We, we, we talk one thing, but we're afraid to die. Right? Because 
truth of the matter, they're afraid because of the unknown. And then you have to wonder, are they thinking, well, what if I'm wrong? Right? Why, why, why would a Christian be afraid to die? If you're truly in faith, you stand on the word. Right? Why would they be afraid to die? But uh, look no further than COVID. Right? Look no further than COVID. Right? So you see, and I, I, I'm talking pastors. Right? Hey, hey, man, what's up? Six feet? Six feet? Yeah. Six feet? Right? Oh, but yeah, you're supposed to be preaching the word of God. Right? Amen. Oh, no, stay clear. Stay clear. But, wait a minute. You're supposed to be saved. Yeah. Right? What are you afraid of? Right? Why, why are we afraid? Right? So, we, 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 can't, we can't be afraid of death. Now, on the flip side, we can even talk about the shot. People are afraid of that. Right? Now, I have to, I, you know, you do what you want to do. Okay, so I'm not saying get shot or not get shot. But people are afraid of that too. Right? So, you know, and then we come up with all these conspiracies. Now, remember, you have pastors that initially teach you saying, oh, COVID's not real. Is it real? Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is, right? So yes, they is. were saying it wasn't real, right? <laughs> so now, when a few of their members catch it, oh, it's real, but not that many people are dying. You know, it's, it's always something. And then they come up with all these conspiracies and things like that, right? What you, what you afraid of? Either, either way, right? You, you, we, we know, I, and, I, and I, I get it. I, I get it. We have, uh, you know, people are afraid of the government and things like that. I get it. But you either trust God or you don't. Amen. Right? Because I Amen. promise you, you don't have all the answers. And, and it's funny because I'll, y'all you know, know I was Navy, I worked in intelligence, and we always used to talk when we get together. And we sit back and laugh because everybody will come up with all these conspiracy theories and listening to the news. And we're like, that ain't true. But we couldn't say nothing. But everybody get, I, I had a pastor send me some. And I probably said this before. I had a pastor send me some. And there's a whole bunch of government conspiracies. And it's some, and it's some, a lot of times people who ain't never been in the military. I'm like, that ain't even true. And it's like, I'm like, we don't even have that capability. And I know. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, people are believing this stuff. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> right? And, look, as Christians, we got to stop believing this. We got to stop talking. I, I used to listen to somebody, and I quit listening to them because everything now is a conspiracy theory. And I'm like, no, I need facts. Mm -hmm. I need, uh, a conspiracy is not facts. Mm -hmm. Right? And... We got to stop getting caught up and stop being afraid because the world is going to be afraid, right? But as believers, if we're standing on the word of God, we shouldn't be afraid, That's right? right. That's we're right. not going to know everything. Yeah, we're not going to know everything, but we shouldn't be afraid, right? So let's go back to even thinking about, let's think about the shots, uh, the Johnson & Johnson shot, right? Everybody getting afraid because of the blood clots, right? How many did research on it? Trust me, Rasan always do his research. <laughs> I, I, I always did. Maybe it was just something that was, you know, low and ingrained with me. I, I just always do my research. So, even going back to that, when you, at that time, in April, you had six point, almost seven million people that had received that shot. You know how many people got the blood clot? Like three. No, about six. About six people. Six people. Out of seven million. And everybody getting afraid, 
doing this, it's doing that. Oh, and then also, remember when they first did the shot? Oh, it had, uh, they were saying that it had, uh, what, uh, aborted fetus in it? Yeah, they had, they had that in there, right? And now they don't talk about that no more, because once they found out that wasn't true, now they don't talk about it no more, right? But you had Christians talking about that stuff, right? So, again, I'm not advocating because you got faith on either side. Faith on either side. So, for those that are afraid, <laughs> go to Mark chapter 16. I know I said we're going to close out. We'll close out with this. <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah. Uh, 16 verse 14. So regardless of what happens in this world, we are not to be afraid. Right? Sure. Whether it's COVID, because trust me, there's going to be another another thing coming besides COVID. There's going to be another thing coming. It's coming. Because we are warned of, of plagues coming and things like that. Jesus warns us of that in Matthew 24. So there's going to be more coming. There's going to be more wars and rumors of wars. All these things are coming. It's, we're in the end times. Right? There is, a, there is a website where you can track all the earthquakes. And I can tell you now from... The end of 2019 to now, to even last year, the most earthquakes we ever had in the history. So the word is true. Alright, so Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he did what? Rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world, and what? Preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So understand, he says, he who believes, right? Does it say only elders to believe? Nope. Does it say only for the apostles to believe? Nope. Alright, watch this. Verse 17. And these signs will follow those who what? Believe. Right? So he's not talking about just the apostles. He's not talking about ministers. Right? He's talking about those who believe. Right? Not those who say uh, who say a prayer of salvation. Those who believe. Right? In my name, they will do what? Cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And what? If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. I'll read that again for those that are afraid of getting a shot. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. See, we want to, we will, as Christians, we will pick and choose what we want from that, that passage right there. Yeah. We will pick and choose what we want. We will pick and choose when we want to be in faith. Right? So even when we're struggling, even financially, something going on or uh, something medically going on, we want to pick and choose when we want to be in faith. Right? What did I talk about before? Faith is a time, faith is when we, faith, we need faith when we're going through difficult times, right? When things are going good, we're on cruise control. Yeah, when, when, when the money's right, we're healthy, food on the table, kids are behaving themselves, we're on cruise control. We don't, we don't need faith for that. But this is the minute when we, we get hit with something, some sort of adversity, when it's time for faith, then we want to get in fear and unbelief. And that's not what we're called to do. We're supposed to be in faith constantly. 
really, truth of the matter is, in the good times and the bad times, but we're really going to need it during the bad times. Amen. Right? This is even why the early church, when they were watching their brothers and sisters thrown in the pits and the lion's den, and they were watching them stand tall, just like Stephen being stoned, and said, Lord, forgive them. Right? They were motivated by that. Right? They were motivated by that. So, understanding, and that was all the trick of the enemy to get them to stop. But it, it backfired. Because when they were watching their brothers and sisters get killed, and, and they were still praising God in the midst of being stoned, being sawed in half, being eaten by a lion, it motivated them even more. Right? So what do you do? Come with something else. Right? Get a ruler to say, all right, we'll, 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 we'll accept the Christian things and then start mixing the Christian, uh, the Christian word with paganistic activities. Right? And then guess what? It leads to compromise. Right? That's how he got it and that's where we're at today in the church. We're compromised. We're compromised. And we're compromised because we have not stayed true to the word of God. We believe all these theories. We believe all these things that we hear. And we don't research it ourselves. Right? We got to dig into the word. And we got to research it ourselves. Because that's what's going to... Because, you know, eventually, let, let's say you, you're by yourself. Let's say you're in a jail cell by yourself. You know? Persecution comes, you're in a jail cell by yourself. What are you going to do? Cry. You may cry. Don't mean you're not in faith, but... You know, we you have to know the word for yourself because you know what? Tough times can hit any of us at any point. Right? But yes, when we come together, we encourage one another, but we encourage each other by the word and our testimonies. Amen. Right? Our word and our testimonies, right? Because when we know that God did something for somebody else, right? We know he'll do it for us. That's right. Amen. Just like with the uh the young man that got his house paid for. Right? It encourages other people. Amen. Right? Or someone that gets healed. It encourages other people. Because we know God's real. Yes. Right? Sometimes, yeah, we may have a bad day. Right? But, you know what? God will bring somebody along to encourage us. Right? Doesn't mean we have to go. But see, sometimes we, we want to help them out. And then we want to find somebody to talk to. Right? And then when we find that person to talk to. And they say something that's not encouraging. God, why did this happen? Well, God didn't tell you to go talk to that person. God said, go talk to me first. That's right. That's right. He said, go talk to me first. That's right. Right? And, and that's who we're supposed to go to, but we don't always do that. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, let's pray.